0: You'll be in good company with other aviation enthusiasts, including pilots, engineers, warbird owners and restorers, historians and authors, modelers, aviation photographers, and many others. Sign up to the Wings Over New Zealand community now. It's free and easy. Just Google Wings Over New Zealand and you'll find the forum.
1: Hi, it's Matt Jolly from WarbirdRadio.com. Listen, I am thrilled to have Dave Homewood as part of our broadcast family and bring your stories, the stories of the RNZAF, heard right here on Wings Over New Zealand to our global audience. Thanks for listening, and hope to hear from you sometime at warbirdradio.com.
0: G'day, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran, And we're from Playing Crazy Down Under, Australia's aviation show. And you can find us at playingcrazydownunder.com. We reckon for the best coverage of the Kiwi warbird restoration and aviation scene, you can't go past Dave Homewood and the Wings Over New Zealand show. On ya, Dave. Yeah, good on you, mate. Yeah, we've got to get to New Zealand soon. Where is that anyway?
2: That's well, where I grew up. I thought that was
1: Brisbane.
2: I remember some men started praying and others
3: started crying. Um, partway through it, one guy got to his feet and started to run. I was scared and let that be no secret. Next thing they set, they spanned up there and they opened up. There's bloody trees, bits of trees flying and... New Zealand tanks were over the other river and one of our men said to them, he said, don't start your tanks up. For five minutes we'll be out of it. Well some silly bugger started his tank and the Germans put over a shell right in the middle of the bridge. It was a bitterly cold morning and I was crouched down in this damn hole and it took me two days before I could stand up straight again the stories of New Zealanders in the Italian Campaign in World War Two. The Courage and Valor Podcast. www.newzealandersatwar.com.
0: The Wings Over New Zealand show would like to acknowledge the great support it's had from Fly DC3. You can fly back in time with Fly DC3 from Ardmore Airport. Charter the DC3 Dakota and fly into the past. It's an experience you'll never forget. Fly DC3. Go to www.flightdc3.co.nz
3: Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood. Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show. I'm your host Dave Homewood. Uh, I'm at Te Kawai Airfield, just north of Hamilton, and uh, I'm sitting here with Julie Bubb. Uh, hi Julie. Hi. Now you're the president
1: of the Airworms Association? That's right, that's right. Tell me about the association. Um... We're a group that have been um, around for about 50-plus years, yep. um, and we've got a huge variety of women in our group, and we're all aviation mad, so we all love flying. Um, one of the really special things we have about our association is that we have some of our original members um, still alive, Right. so a couple of fantastic ladies in their 90s, and um, several of our members are foundation members, which I think is one of the strengths of our organisation. Right. But we have everything from air traffic controllers, engineers, uh, people involved in meteorology, um, all variety of pilots. So anything from like the little micro light that I fly right through to the girls on the big big boys toys right, right. and when you say the little micro light that you fly it's a sport cruiser isn't it that's correct yes so it's,
3: a, it's more of an aircraft than than the bantam that's flying around it absolutely
1: <laughs> <laughs> in fact we take it to the south island so yeah cool yeah so how did you get into flying
3: in the beginning
1: um i had a dad who was obsessed with flying and he used to make I sit at Adelaide Airport and watch planes take off and land and I got numerous chances to go up as a child and it was as I was approaching my 40th birthday I thought I never want to get to old age and think I wish I'd done things and I'd had a learn to fly pamphlet in my um, bedside table for about five years and a friend who owned an airfield down the road approached me and said we need one more student to get the instructor out so I agreed yeah. Cool. And so at that stage,
3: I mean, how long ago was that? 20 years ago, roughly. And, and at that stage, uh, women in aviation were fairly um, commonplace, weren't
1: they? Very much so, yes. Yeah, yeah.
3: And, and is that when you joined the association? Or? Um,
1: I joined very soon after I started learning to fly. Right. And um, for me, when you come from a small country town, you don't have any other mates that you can go to and go, oh, my God. Oh, that was a brilliant flight today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, like, I live in Pyro, there's nobody else I know who flies, so I can't <laughs> rave to people like um, the amazing thing about all the girls in uh, Airwomen's, you can just talk the same language. Right. Yeah.
3: Uh, and the reason I asked about the, the commonplace. Uh, uh, of of uh, women in aviation then the the association was really started because in those days it wasn't that kind of place
1: correct correct going back to uh, when the organization started there were actually quite a few battles for the girls to overcome and um, one of our foundation members was very involved in getting girls uh, to be allowed to continue flying through a pregnancy that was quite a battle at at one point. Oh, wow. So, you know, there's been a lot of um, changes over the years, and it's now um, the numbers of women flying is really improving. Right. Yeah. Do you know what
3: the ratio is of, um, of um, pilots now?
1: Different airlines have different uh, numbers. So, for Air New Zealand, I think the numbers are quite low, yeah. but for Air, Air Nelson, which um where the smaller commuter airline. Uh, Air, Planes are. Yeah. Um, there's there's a much better percentage of girls. I don't know the exact figures though. Right, right, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it,
3: nowadays it's uh, it's an attractive career for anybody, and it, and it probably never used to be um, portrayed as attractive to women, like they,
1: they were just excluded as such. Um, yes, absolutely, and I have to tell you a funny story. I um, went to the Walsh Memorial Flying School recently. Yeah. And David Morgan, who's chief pilot for Air New Zealand, introduced a, a Mount Cook Airlines pilot. And she was a gorgeous um, lady, and she explained how her three-year-old son was asked, would you like to be a pilot like Mummy? And he said, no, that's a girl's job. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love it? That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> so that's the stereotypes changing <laughs> yeah. we've come a long way <laughs> <laughs> so
3: we're sitting here at the airfield you've got a, a, a fly-in happening here today for the airwomen's association and um uh, speaking of, of, of younger people that i noticed there's quite a few boys around here do we get um uh, uh, is it becoming now that the girls will hang out at the airport as well and and watch the planes or because it's always been a thing that little boys do but have you noticed
1: that oh well I think there's just so much more awareness now, I mean people fly so much more often. When I was a little girl, I grew up in semi-outback Australia, I thought to myself, I wonder if I'll ever get to New Zealand one day, well right. think how often we fly now, yeah. and think it's like catching a bus now, it's yeah. so common, so I think as it just gets busier and busier there's just more and more opportunities for everyone right. in right. in the aviation sector.
3: Right. Yeah. And your, um, your organisation,
1: uh, is it exclusively women or...? Um, no, we've got some honorary members who are men because they've done amazing things for our association. Yeah. So um, uh, when we go to our rallies, uh, the boys are actually a big part of it because we need um, a help on the grid and uh, as instructors, I mean we have quite a few female instructors too, but it's a really good mixture, yeah. yeah.
3: So, so with the um, with the organisation, uh, and, and you're saying that these days is so much more equal in terms of opportunities and everything, you're probably not having to advocate so much as as, as the organisation would have done in the in the old days. Um, so what, what what sort of things are you really involved in these days? What's the um,
1: well, just in the next little bit, um, we've got. Uh, I've just arranged for a crew of girls to man a uh, site at the Omaka Air Show. Okay. So that um, it's just a publicity thing and we've actually got some stock items that we can sell off with um, New Zealand Airwomans on. And we've got a wonderful book called Silver Wings that we'll be promoting there. Yep, the book. Uh, and then um, straight after that we've got a safety seminar coming up at CAA in Wellington. Right. Uh, so that will be really interesting and I'll be going to that and um, we always hold our rally In our annual rally is held in um, Wanaka this year uh, and that's always Queen's birthday weekend okay. and that's a wonderful weekend of flying competitions fun and a chance to just talk flying all weekend right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, That's what any aviation event's about isn't it? Yes. Talking. <laughs> yeah. so Socialized. we try
1: and have fly-ins such as this um, during the year yeah. and for the whole of New Zealand to come, it's a little bit difficult. So there's a few regional ones, and this is just a little regional fly-in as well.
3: Right, right. Mm. With the competitions that you have uh, at your annual one, um, do you find that uh, the women might be a bit better at competitions because they're more precise, or?
1: Now I can't possibly
3: comment on <laughs> that because I learnt yeah.
1: to fly at Tiareha Airfield, which is no longer in existence, and. Um, that the whole time I was learning to fly there was never ever another plane in the circuit (laughs) how bad is that (laughs) so so my experience is very limited compared to other people and once that airfield closed we put a little 350 meter strip in on our farm so that's where I fly from so that's kind of my experience is pretty limited So your
3: um, your sport cruiser, Michaelite, uh, was that a kit? Did, did you build no, it? No, no.
1: We we bought it. Uh, we bought it from um, from a guy in Hamilton, okay. and um, yeah. So aero aero aviation, and it was very new when it when we got it. We were number two and number three in New Zealand. Two planes came in a container right. at the same time about ten years ago. So.
3: Right. And what's it like as a as an aircraft? To, uh, yeah.
1: I absolutely love it because I learnt to fly uh, Cessna 172s, yep. and we couldn't put a Cessna 172 on our small dairy farm. So, uh, in order to, to get an airfield on our farm, we had to go to the microlight category. Right. Okay. Um, and um, the other thing is, we've got grandchildren in Nelson in the South Island, so it's the best excuse we've got to go and catch up with grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I can just imagine it. Yeah. Is there
3: any um, other sort of message you want to put out there to the, to the listening public about um,
1: Airwoman? Um, just that we'd really welcome new members. We'd love to have more girls. And so whether you're into ballooning, into parachuting, into anything aviation related, we'd, um, we'd love to have you join us. Thank you very much. Thank you.
3: I'm speaking with Nairalee Henwood. Hi. Um, Tell me about your role here uh, with the Airwomen's Association. Um,
4: Well, actually, uh, I'm a recent um, new member of Airwomen's. About three years ago, I was a member in my early 20s, and um, for various reasons. um, So I've rejoined, and as you know, Te Kauai Airfield has got a new lease on life, and we thought that it was timely for the women of the central North Island to a get together so we decided that it was a good way of promoting Te Kauai Airfield at the same time and um, so that's why we're here today.
3: Excellent and um, tell me about your background in, in aviation.
4: Well I started learning to fly at Waika- um, out at Hamilton actually at uh, Falcon Flying Academy and when I was about 20 and um, I finished off at Waikato Aero Club and got my PPL um, we did i did probably only about 150 hours and then um, my husband and i moved to the chatham islands and um, he was flying for air chathams and there was nothing for me to fly out there and then before i knew it i had two babies and i let my license go before the lifetime licenses came in i didn't understand the significance of it and so um about nine years ago we bought the piper cup and um, I got back into flying and thought that I wouldn't regain my licence yep. but um, then our youngest daughter started learning to fly and suggested she could fly me around when Dad wasn't around yep. and because Bill was an instructor I was doing a lot of flying and I thought, no, I think I'll just have a go so I had to sit all, all my exams again and, and it got my licence back so, um, yeah, and so it's been about 29 well no longer than that years um and now I think I've got about 500 hours and most of it in the Cubs so it's um I love it
3: that's fantastic what a great story
4: (laughs) (laughs) it's a long story
3: (laughs) what was it like uh living in the Chatham Islands
4: oh it's it's a It's a great place. Um, We lived there on three different occasions. The first time was just a summer. Bill was just the summer pilot. And then um, we went back again for 11 months and um, then came out when we started having a family. And Bill was flying for Ansett down in, uh, we lived in Wellington. And we made a decision when the kids were four and six that we wanted to go back to the Chathams for them as well. So they had just got the convia organised um, around that time and so we went back for three and a half years. So it's um, somewhere everybody should go. Okay. Yeah, it's It's like New Zealand 50 years ago. Right, I was going to
3: say it would be like Going back into to- back in time. Yeah,
4: now. yeah, absolutely. It's a really special place.
3: Um, a, a real good community spirit, I guess. Yes,
4: um, it's a small community, only 650 people now, and um, very, very reliant on each other. Um, we saw many occasions where the community rallied. Bill's father died while we were out there, and um, you know, th- by the end of the afternoon, he. They had organised a load of fish to go out so that they could take Bill and I out. Somebody had come and got our children, and that by that night we were in New Zealand, and it was all organised without a blink. And that's how they are. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Um. So, tell me about the Piper Cup.
4: Um, I love it. <laughs> Um, It was completely rebuilt last year, Um, it had a wee accident, Bill was training and they had an engine failure and um, it it basically wiped out the undercarriage and damaged one wing substantially. So with the insurance company we decided to rebuild it and um, it became my full time job pretty much for about six months and um, we worked with Hamilton Aero Maintenance and they gave me a bay of their hangar and I refabriced it and we had every nut and bolt off it and it is completely rebuilt so it was an amazing um, experience I absolutely loved it and everybody thinks I'm nuts but I've just started rebuilding another one so one that hasn't flown since 1966 so um, it's it's, it's a complete rebuild but um, it's going to be great so yeah
3: there's not many pilots around that can uh, rebuild their own aircraft and, and do all the fabric work and stuff and
4: it's not rocket science <laughs> <laughs> it's not and it's just um, I really enjoy the fabric side of it because I, I'm i a bit of a perfectionist I guess so I like to work on it on my own and just quietly get it done and um, it's, yeah, there's, you, there's nothing you can't learn on YouTube these days. <laughs> so, and we use the Stewart system, the Waterborne system, and, and I've only ever used dope before, and I'll never go back to the dope system. It was just amazing to work with. So, um, yeah, that's the deal. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and now Olivia, our younger daughter, is doing her commercial in it. With Bill, so um, she's she's just doing that at present, and um, I think it and I think it's really awesome that Bill's taught lots of young people to fly in the Cub today, just as easily as they learn in all the modern aeroplanes. Yep. And um, and here she is, 60 years old, and she's still doing what was designed for
3: that's uh, that's pretty neat actually it is it is
4: really neat and it's teaching the young ones particularly how to look after vintage airplanes and we need that because as you know nobody's getting any younger and we need young people to love these old airplanes and know how to look after them so yeah
2: yeah
3: so is Olivia in the Air Women's Association? As yes,
4: well? she is, and she's also um, works at the airfield here. Um, she does all the maintenance and and she does the coffee in the morning and flies oh after God. work whenever she can. So. Um,
3: wow, that's a real aviation life. It, it is.
4: It is, <laughs> and it's it's not probably the life she intended, but. Um, yeah, she's she's loving it. She yeah. she's got the passion for flying, and and um, she's she's lucky. She's got a dad who can teach her to fly, and yeah. she's lucky. She's got an aeroplane like the Cub to fly. So yeah. so that's another reason I need to build another one because we have three pilots and only <laughs> two seats. <laughs> <laughs> so, makes sense.
3: So uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, brilliant. Yeah. Now you were saying to me earlier about uh, the purpose of the Airworms Association and and how it sort of has changed over the Mm. years. Can you tell me a little bit more about that?
4: Um, I, I guess it's a personal opinion as much as anything but I think today young women don't have the same thoughts about what they can do for careers because we bring them up to say you can do whatever you want, and and I know my own girls um, certainly have that perception that there's no barriers to what they do, and it's becoming more common for women to be um, commercial pilots. Although I read the other day, it's still hanging out around five percent worldwide, okay. um, which is not huge. Oh, I know. Um, but I, I mean, in New Zealand, definitely there's a lot more women flying. Um, so maybe maybe we don't maybe in another 20 years we won't need a specific airwoman's um, although the women do love getting together and, um, and 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 it is nice to talk to women and I find that when we fly away to other events um, I do notice it's a, it's a boys. You know, often I'm the only woman there and, and there is still that prejudice that happens. You know, I can be the one flying in and they'll still talk to Bill. And and then I noticed funnily enough Olivia and I went flying together and and she was actually flying over to Raglan and we hopped out and someone came to talk to us and oh my gosh two women and then they deferred to the old one <laughs> and so I figure that's the progression it's the man first then the older lady and then the kid you know yeah. and um so we do enjoy having more women
3: yeah yeah
4: yeah so um we'll always be a minority I guess yeah, yeah.
3: And of course um, you were telling me that you do a bit of writing as well with aviation and
4: Yeah, I, I enjoy writing, I've had a bit of a break from it for a while but um, I just really enjoy writing about people because, um, it, I don't know, you you will have noticed that there, aviators are on the whole a great bunch of people yep. and um, and I love the, the, there's always lots of laughter and I love the stories and um, you know, everybody's is different, yeah. so, um, and like we were saying, I think it's important to get their stories down. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, and just ordinary people do some pretty cool things, you know, there's some pretty neat hangars around the place with airplanes that people have built, and yeah, yeah. It's yeah.
3: fantastic. Uh, are there any final thoughts about uh, Air Women's Association? Um...
4: I just think it's really great that it's still a strong movement, and and um, you know there's there's more and more women amongst the group that are professionals, and they're great mentors to the young ones. And um, but it is important to keep those young people going, you know, mentoring them because. Clubs have changed, you know, from back when I was learning to fly, it was a very social thing. Now it's more of a professional training organisation. A lot of the young ones can't afford to go on club flyouts and hang out with the older pilots, and they miss out on a lot. And that's where this group of women can foster that. Yeah, I think.
3: Hmm.
2: Cool. Thank you very much. That's all right. Thank you.
3: I'm talking with Judy Costello, and you're one of the uh, founding members.
2: Yes, that's correct, yes. We started in uh, 1958, 59, yes.
3: Wow. Okay, yes. so that goes back 60, almost 60 years. Almost, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And tell me about the beginning of the uh, the association? How did it come about? Uh, it
2: came about through uh, Rona Fraser, a member from Wellington. Uh, she had gone over to Australia and joined in uh, celebrations with the Australian Women Pilots Association, which has been going for about 10 or 12 years, I think, at that stage. So she came back and decided to form the, an association in New Zealand. Right. And uh, there were three ladies involved. There was Rona and Ina Monk, who now lives in Rotorua, and the other one was Helen McNair who lived down Wellington too and so the three of them got together and got the association formed. Rhoda was the main uh, instigator of it all.
3: Okay and how did you come <laughs> to, to
2: it? Oh yeah Rona sent her notices to all the women pilot who had licences at the time okay, and yep. um, I think 25 was joined at that time wow. yes, and we went to an inaugural meeting in Wellington and I think there were about 12 or 13, it was there for the inaugural meeting. Oh, that's mm.
3: that's great. Yes, it was. Yeah. And um, so you were already a pilot. So tell me about how you became a pilot and how you got into it. Oh, well, I was born
2: in Fielding and lived near Ahakea airfield during the war so oh right uh, yes I always had a fascination for airplanes apparently every time one flew over my mother said I always rushed outside to to see it (laughs) so and that was just something I wanted to do was learn to fly so I did
3: okay and how did how did you go about that did you join an aeroclub or
2: yes I was working in Hamilton at the time and um, some friends I used to babysit for they rang up one day and said they were going out to the Aero Club, to want to come out with them, so I went out. And unknown to me, he'd booked me in for a trial flight with Ken Fennick, who was the s- chief instructor at the Aero Club at that stage. Really, oh. Right, So that was in on April 1958, yeah, so I went for went for a fly and kept going from there. Oh, brilliant. And, what,
3: what type of aircraft was that in?
2: Uh, that was in a Piper Cub. they just started to come out then, but. Um, tiger must was still used a lot then too and the boys used to rag me and say you're only a driver if you fly the piper cub to become a pirate you've got to fly the tiger <laughs> so i went yeah, so i went to Ken and said i wanted to fly the tiger and told him why so he let me fly that for the rest of the training and then uh, on the day of my flight test, I flew the Piper Cub again. He said the testing office would like that one better.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. And uh, so you, um, you were just a recreational pilot? You... No,
2: I got my commercial licence in 1961. You we went on the commercial, first commercial pilot's course at Ardmore after I'd moved from Mangaree. And there was eight, 18 of us on the course, I was the only girl on it, and used to get teased a lot, of course, but uh, been used to that and I uh, did my commercial pilot 's the license there and uh, then I got a job with an aerial photography company who was uh, doing photographs of farms. You see them hanging up in people 's houses yes, so, yep. yes. well I was, I was the photographer to start off with and then the pilot left and went top dressing, and I moved into the left hand seat and got the flying job and so, uh, and then I went instructing from uh, from there. Okay, mm.
3: that's, uh, that, that, I mean, on the first commercial pilots course, that's pretty neat. Well, that was the first one at Ardmore. At Ardmore, yeah. Yes, yeah. i have been
2: training at Mangaree up till then.
3: Okay, yes. so at Ardmore, who was instructing you there on the commercial?
2: Uh, well, Brian Golt was the chief flying instructor, and was Jim Bergman, Ken Windsor, Bruce Chapman, and another one, an engineer, Pete Selby, who was the... An engineer as well as a uh,
3: instructor. Okay, he is. I know Brian, he's, a, he's yes. the man that flew the Thunder Mustang for a while. That's
2: right, no, that's his son Simon. Well, Brian
3: flew yeah. it too, yeah. Yeah, Brian flew it too, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. that's right. Mm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so the, you must have been quite an unusual um, case, I guess, uh, uh, be, being a, at that stage being a commercial pilot. There, I
2: think I was about number four in the country to get my commercial licence. There was Jenny Frame in, in Vicagel um then she moved to nelson Thelma bradshaw and nelson or Thelma john as she was then Yeah. and another one ah get her name she went Phil, Phil, uh, phyllis harpin okay yes yeah, so uh, they were ahead of me right. and
3: did you um did you have sort of um people that you looked up to like uh gene batten and and no
2: not really what funny enough i was in the the Taronga college where i did my secondary school and i was in batten house at Taronga college but i didn't take too much notice of that at the (laughs) the time (laughs) yes i did meet jean uh on three occasions after that though when she came out to new zealand i met her yes Mm okay
3: so when you were instructing where was that at
2: I started off with, uh, well the first day I did a bit of instructing, I was in the area doing the area photography at Hamilton at the Lakehead Aeroclub and I, I got a, a flight to do then. but then I went got a job, um, I went to New Plymouth doing aerial photography there and I used to instruct part time down there at weekends and then I uh, got a job in Northland Districts Aeroclub at Whangaree okay. so I was full time uh, there and from there Ardmore Flying School started up at Ardmore. And I, went to, uh, to there just before we
3: got married right. Was that with uh, Brian Cox?
2: No, that was with Jim Jim Bergman started the first flying school in New Zealand Okay Yes, so you know, Brian was several years later Brian was controlling In fact, Brian was the person who shouted me in the trial flight because I used to be his office girl in Pukakau many years earlier <laughs> yeah. Oh, Yeah. So, mm, so Brian's flying school started up after uh, three or four years later than Jim Bergman's so, one mm. Okay, got to yeah. Yes
3: um, when you were an instructor, did you have any problems with um, men turning up and saying, "Oh, I'm not having a female instructor"?
2: Um, no, but their wives used to object for some reason. Yeah, oh. but I only struck it twice, and it was down at Canterbury Air Club when we, when we were married. We got shifted to to uh, Christchurch, and uh, I was uh, part time instructing. or just instructing at weekends in Canterbury, and twice there. Um, one was a wife objected, and the other one, the chap in the office said, I'll oh, just go and get an aeroplane. He said, I'll sort them out, and sure enough, they'd arrive out and go flying. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the only, uh, but then perhaps people in Canterbury were a lot more conservative, I think, at the time. Mm.
3: Oh, wow. And so, how, how long are you still flying now? Or? Yes.
2: You are? You flew down today. Ooh. Oh, brilliant. What did
3: what you fly in it?
2: Uh, we've got a Technam Golf. Oh, right, yeah, is, yep. The little blue and green one sitting just under there. Awesome. Mm. awesome. Yeah, so we've had that for about 11 years. Yeah. Okay.
3: Um, so really, it's been a lifetime thing for you. Well, like, pretty, pretty well.
2: Yes, yes. It's uh, my Ray, my husband. I met on the commercial class at Ardmore. Oh wow. And then uh, we went flying together, and they doing the aerial photography, and finally ended up getting married. Yes. So yeah. Uh, mm. Then he was he went he was top dressing initially north, and then uh, he got a job with NAC, and that's when we got moved to Christchurch. Okay. And uh, then when NAC merged with Air New Zealand, he went flying with Air New Zealand. All right. Yeah.
3: right. Okay. Did you ever have any thoughts about going to airline flying?
2: or? Um. Well, only when I was on the commercial, course. I wasn't thinking of it at that stage, but I went into Auckland one day, three of the chaps on the commercial, course, said, Would Uh, would I go into NAC and get application forms to join the airline, which I did. And they said, no, we don't have women pilots applying for us. I said, well, it's not for me, it's for three guys on this course, but they wouldn't even give me an application form to take. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, once I was interviewed and mentioned that, and they said, but we've never had an application from a woman pilot. How can you apply if they won't give you an application form?
3: (laughs) So I guess you must have seen a, a big change in the in the attitudes over the, the decades. Oh ads. yes.
2: Yes. I mean now women pilots are accepted through the airlines and all around the world so uh, which wasn't the case earlier on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's good. Yes. Oh it is good, Yes. Yeah, we yeah. yeah, just I mean it's not you don't have to have brute strength to fly an aeroplane you've gotta have brains and technical ability. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and I guess um uh, isn't it that women are always better at navigating as well?
2: I think we're better at multitasking.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well thank you very much, I really appreciated this and it's thank been you a pleasure. Much. Cheers. very very good. Thank you. That was the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood.